The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Epiphany. Now, I know all of you lifelong Lutherans are thinking back fondly to your childhood when you would make that annual pilgrimage out to the evening Epiphany service that was held every year at your church. Or not so much. (laughs) We have a couple of festivals during the year that we tend to either not observe or we move them to uh, a Sunday because it's more convenient. Um, Ascension Day is the other one after Easter, and uh, we're very intentional in getting together as a community over at Stanford to observe that, and it seems appropriate that we would take some time this evening. If you've been in on any of my Bible studies, you know that I'm a fanatic about the calendar. I'm very interested in the sequence of things, and I want to remind you of a few things. It is not the sixth day of the new year. We have been into this new year for about six weeks now. As Christians, our year begins the first Sunday of Advent, just after Thanksgiving, most years. And we've been moving week in and week out. And so while the world is throwing their Christmas trees to the curb and we continue to keep them in our spaces. As we turn our calendars from 2011 to 2012 as if it was a new year, we recognize we've already been in it. And there are other things that I think our world around us tries to tell us at this time of year. And I was reading in a blog that was shared with me by a colleague about the stories that were told this time of year that aren't true. Most notably, as the calendar churns to 2012, that we can leave all of our old self behind somehow by some 
magical trick. We can turn this calendar, and not only can we start out on a new slate, but it's as if our old self is gone. We bring nothing forward with us. Well, those of us who are already five weeks into our new year know that's just silly. (laughs) We're always all there. There is often searches for a new way of being or a better way of being. There is always a, a quest. We hear the story tonight of the wise men and their travels. There's a part of me that wonders what they left behind or the cost to themselves of their travels, the distances that they went to, the people that were left, and if they were the same people when they returned home as when they left. My guess is no. They were probably changed quite a bit by their journey. There's some other things that I think are important about this story as well, and this was another piece shared by Pastor Schaefer today, actually. The fact of the near miss of the story. We read the first reading and we hear this great account of how these wise men went to Jerusalem because that's where everything is going to happen. That's where the important people are. That's where the movers and shakers are. The first reading that we have this evening even talks to a people who are returning to Jerusalem that is in ruins. And they are dreaming of the day when it will be like it was in a fashion. Where those who were powerful will be powerful again. And where those who were wealthy will be wealthy again. And how often in our spiritual lives or as communities of faith do we look backwards and say, if only the new day could look like it did this sense of looking backwards. Now Herod was scared. And it says, curiously, all Jerusalem with him. You picture all these people quaking as the, the wise men showed up into town looking for this king. And he turns to his own wise men and says, where's the king coming from? In this day and age, we would look at all the power centers of the planet. We would see who the movers and shakers are. We would see the prominent places of wealth and power or of spiritual homes. And this place, as that story said, is nine miles outside of that place. (laughs) Bethlehem being nine miles away. Now, nine miles doesn't sound like a long ways, but when you're on foot, it's a little bit of a trek. Certainly not the center of power. Certainly not the place that everybody looked to for something to happen. But the foundations of power were shaken in this new place. We're going to be moving this Sunday to observe the baptism of our Lord. And we will have a number of, as we say, green Sundays of ordinary time in a fashion where we begin to hear more about the story of Jesus Christ, but we're closing an important piece. This sense of the lack of newness. The wise men are coming a couple of years after the shepherds have already left. There is not a sense of something that has just happened, 
but rather a long journey and the wise men ending up in this place where God has come to be with us. We started talking about calendars and how nothing is new just because we turn the page on the calendar. There's still all that junk in us that we want to leave in the last calendar, but it's still there, refusing to be left behind as much as we want to polish and look forward and put on our best face. But it's in that mess that God came to us. Not our best face. Not when we're on our best game. Not when we've had a shower and stepped out the door for a job interview. Not when we've looked our best. But with all the mess that we bring with it, it's in the middle of that that God came. So on Epiphany, we talk about that word to reveal, to show, to shine forth. There is that powerful sense that in the midst of all that garbage that we bring with us, God has shined a light that makes a new day, walking with us where we are. So I would encourage you to not be discouraged if you already have resolutions that are falling by the wayside, but to be mindful that even in that, God walks with us in a way to bring us more fully where God has called us to be. Amen.